Hey, it's NPR's Book of the Day. I'm Andrew Limbaugh. Returning to a creative project after, like, lots and lots of time can be weird and scary and kind of embarrassing. Like, you couldn't pay me to listen to some of my earliest pieces for NPR. But with time, sometimes comes a better understanding of what you were trying to accomplish. Author Vahini Vara's new short story collection, This Is Salvaged, has material going back to 2008, you know, when she was in her mid-20s. And she talked to Here and Now's Deepa Fernandez about how the big changes in her life since then influenced her writing. That's after the break. This message comes from Apple Card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase. That's 3% on products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Vahini Vara's debut novel, The Immortal King Rao, with climate change, capitalism, and genetic manipulation into a sweeping family saga. The book was a finalist for this year's Pulitzer Prize. Her follow-up book goes in a much more intimate direction. Vara's beautiful new collection of short stories takes us into the lives of women and girls who often struggle to connect and communicate. The book is called This is Salvaged, and Vahini Vara joins me now to talk about it. Vahini, welcome. Thank you for having me. I'd love to start by asking you about your process of writing a book of short stories, which I have to say, compared to your novel, I don't know, maybe is a tad harder? And A novel seems like you follow the same characters on one longer path, but you've come up with such an array of stories. All these characters are so different from each other. How do you conceive of a story and then bring it to fruition? So often for me, a story will start with some situation, like a maybe a situation I've been in or somebody I know has been in. And then I think about what it would be like to sort of dial that up to 11, you know, and like make the situation sort of like the most tense or awkward or upsetting. These stories in the collection, I started the first one in the collection in 2008, and we're in 2023 now, so that was 15 years ago. I was in my 20s then, and a funny thing that happened with the stories is that, um, like, there are some characters who are parents, there are some characters who are little kids, and I aged from, you know, my mid-20s to my early 40s while working Mm -hmm. on the collection, and so the perspective that I as a human have sort of like ended up shifting the stories as I worked on them over time, which is a really odd experience. So there are stories in here about parents and parenting. And I I wonder if you just talk about how that changed a little bit. I mean, I'm thinking of one particular story where a mother withholds information about her daughter's father. It was so nuanced. I felt so strongly for both characters. Talk about writing that story as a parent yourself. That's an example of a story that I started when I was in my 20s. I was so far from being a mother at that time. And I took a stab at, you know, I think like I was in this phase in my life being a kid in my 20s where I, you know, like I wanted to see what it would be like as a writing exercise to sort of write from outside of my own perspective. And so I wrote this character who's a mother who is an Indian immigrant to the U.S. and a mother of a teenager. And I remember my mentor, Sam Chang, the director of the Iowa Writers Workshop, 
reading it and saying to me, I don't know that I buy that this character knows anything about motherhood, which isn't to say I think that a non-parent shouldn't write about parenting. I think we can all write about whatever. But I think I didn't yet have the capacity, I think, to like imagine or understand that, what that would be like. And so like I kept working at it and working at it. And the moment at which that story sort of unlocked itself was becoming a parent myself and sort of like understanding on a visceral level what that feels like and what it means. Becoming a parent allowed me to like make real what to me still seemed kind of hypothetical or imaginary when I started writing that story. I was also struck about the stories in there about sisters. You you had a whole story about one sister receiving a visitor from her younger sister and family that was rife with so much, I guess, judgment from one sister to the other. And in another story, a character talks about her very righteous and judgmental sister. And sister relationships are so complicated. I'm wondering why you chose to show this kind of fraught side of sisterhood. So my sister passed away when I was in college, and she was in college as well. And that was my freshman year of college. And then my sophomore year of college, I came back to school and I took my first creative writing class and essentially was just like writing stories about my sister. That was all I was capable Mm. of writing at that point because I was going through grief over the loss of my sister. And I think for me, that has ended up sort of like becoming part of my DNA as a writer, like sisterhood, female relationships, loss of close female relationships has become something that's sort of inextricable Mm. for me from my writing. Yeah, I mean, that also makes me think this, there is death and loss and grief in so many of these stories. You know, in the first story, one of the teenage girls loses her older brother. I wonder if your own experience leads you, and I don't mean this flippantly, Vahini, that death actually is something that a lot of people have to deal with and still go on with life. Yeah, you know, my background is as a reporter, as a journalist, um, and I think there are things for me that are really difficult to write about in a sort of, like, journalistic form, right? And I think I turn Mm. to fiction to write about the things that are sort of unknowable or inexplicable, and for me, I think for a lot of us, death is one of those, and so I find that, like, grief and loss and the inexplicable aspects of it find their way into my fiction a lot. Yeah. You know, I want to ask you a a kind of a different question, because in one of the stories where there are two mums who have just moved to a new place, in in the case in this story, it's Iowa City. They find each other online. They decide to meet up as a coffee shop as the two newbies looking for friends. You seem to have these deep observations of what seemed to me like a cross-class friendship that was percolating. And it's something... I don't think we see depicted much in pop culture or even in literature. And I want you to talk about that story and, and, and why you chose to situate these two characters as potential friends. I find, I don't know if you find this, um, but I find that sometimes in fiction within communities of color, written from within communities of color, I'm Indian American, for example, the stories are sort of like about that particular community Um And in reality, at least in my experience, like when you're a person of color, like you're not just interacting with people from within your small community, you're interacting with people from all kinds of backgrounds. And so I was interested in sort of like the nuance of what relationships across race, across class look like. Um, I have friends from 
all kinds of different racial backgrounds, class backgrounds. Um, and that does like affect the way the relationship builds. Um, it can be a source of conflict in relationships. And I think there's a lot of richness there to be mined in um, in creative work. And I, I, I don't I feel like I don't read as much as about those kinds of relationships as I'd like to. No, so not at all, which is what I so appreciated about the story. And and yes, there was a, there was a lot to relate to there. You know, so the stories they're very intimate about relationships and personal relationships. But one story, and it's the title story. This is salvaged. It also took on some really big things that we're all dealing with: the crisis of the unhoused, of homelessness, and also climate change. And you brought them together in a way where they were the backdrop to the story, making us confront them. But this was still a story about intimate personal relationships. So I wonder if you can just talk a little bit about what you were trying to do with the story This Is Salvaged. So this is a story about an artist, a male artist, um, a rare story about a, a male protagonist in the collection who is a kind of installation artist and decides he wants to build an ark like Noah's Ark according to the proportions of the Bible. I think looking back on it, I can see it as a kind of metaphor for my own questions and struggles as an artist, as a writer, interested in these big problems and challenges of our time in climate change, in capitalism, and thinking about what an artist can possibly do about these things or how an artist can relate to them. Even though this character looks the least like me, he's a white man, I think I sort of put some of these concerns and insecurities and questions of mine in this character who decides that, like, the way as an artist to quote-unquote do something about climate change, about homelessness is to build an ark and enlist homeless people to help him build it and pay them. You know, it doesn't go that well. I don't know what that says about me as a writer, but that's fiction. (laughs) The truth, maybe, is that it's really hard to solve some of these really big problems. Absolutely. The stories, there are some themes that link them, but they're also quite different from each other. What did you want readers to come away with? I think I wanted readers to get a sense of like being inside these relationships in which people really wanted to connect with one another and sometimes failed and then still kept trying. I think that's something that's very common to our human experience. And I think that's what's present in in a lot of these stories. Vahini Vara's new collection of short stories. This is Salvaged. It was a wonderful read. Thank you so much, Vahini, for joining us. Thank you again, Deepa. Imagine a house where every room follows a different architect's plan. Doorways don't connect. Staircases lead nowhere. Lost Patients is a new podcast examining our complicated system for treating psychosis, one that loses patients to an endless loop between the streets, jail, and hospitals. We'll ask how it got so bad and how it can get better. Listen to Lost Patients from KOW and the Seattle Times, part of the NPR Network. This message comes from NPR sponsor Total Wine & More. With the lowest prices for over 30 years, find what you love and love what you find at Total Wine & More. Spirits not sold in Virginia and North Carolina. Drink responsibly. Be 21.